Good. Okay, good morning. <coughs> so we know that Kola Esek Betelis Eila Kilu Hikrif. That because it's Taka Baraisa Bara Alma, Hashem looked into the Tate and created the world. And the end of that Zayar, that famous Zayar, says, Kach Barnash or Kach. Same thing, we, we also talk about Most people are not familiar with the second half. And that's why we look in Teda and we preserve the world. So this is a basis of uh, so many things of uh, when you want to impact the world around you. So there are things we do in action and we actually get involved. But we know that since everything comes from Teda, that when you uh, learn the sugya, of what is happening in the world in Teda, that also has an impact at the root level. If you want to put it like uh, in the inner wiring of existence, because everything that happens below is driven by what's Lamaila above, especially when you're talking about Alamadina's Baya Omar, we said Rosh Hashanah, that the destiny of nations are determined by Rosh Hashanah. And that's where you find by the Rabbeim. Whenever there was a Muhammad, there was a war, they always spoke about it. There's this, obviously the story with the al Rebbe and the Russian, Russo-Franco war, how he stood up and uh, the, the story with blowing Schaefer early. There's the Rebbe Rashab and Teir Shalom, you'll find during the wars that he spoke about the different Sarim, the different ministers, so to speak, every, every with the Shivim Mumbas have Shivim Sarim, they have some ministers. And of course the Rebbe, Friedrich Rebbe as well. The Rebbe, the same thing. Like for example, by the Yom Kippur Muhammad, the Rebbe spoke in the Sikhs, the two of the Fabrengans he gave then. So Vov Tishrei, the Rebbe made a Siyum in Masech Tachala. But then it was still before the Muhammad. But then when the Rebbe spoke, Erev Sukkah, Gimel Tishrei, and then again, then Shabbos Chalamayt Sukkis. So he used again the expression, Niva Vilayoda Maniva on himself. And you know, why, why did he suddenly make a Siyum in Masech Tachala? You know, it's not usually a customary masechta that the Rebbe would make a siyum. And he says there, at the end of there, it talks about uh, Alexandria in Egypt and Damasek, Damascus in Syria. And when you learn in Teda about these things, it gives the kayach to be mamshechet also in the world. So being that we're not on the front lines in Ezzesral, but there are those that are being mesha nefesh, begashmish, pasha, to defend and protect our, uh, our brothers and sisters there. So our part is the Mulcham Tashol to look in the Teda and do what we can on our end. In addition, obviously, to all the mitzvahs and all the emphasis, especially the ones the Rebbe put on, Tfilin, Mezuzah, and Zdokah, and Agdus, and Chinuch. So uh, in the same context that um, I've been speaking about in the last few weeks, it's not, it's not a, I'm not here to talk politics, and I'm not here to talk about military strategy. We're talking from the perspective of Teda. So we, our job is to do as much as possible to be mevarad and yonim at the root level, and hopefully that will be mamshich, down the mata and give keach and help there. So when the Rebbe spoke, we're not comparing ourselves, but I'm not hazarding here my own potatoes here. So I thought it appropriate to go a little deeper into, I spoke about it last week a bit about Yishmol and some of the Rebbe's answers and the memorim that were said by the Rebbe Rashab and Tafri Samaches and 
the Rebbe, the Friedrich Rebbe Tovshin Tess, and the Rebbe in Tovshin Membeis. So you see, besides the Rebbe talking obviously about Bekoch Nefesh and Shlem Mesorets, but the Rebbe also speaking about these in Yonim and Tera, as I said, Kola Eisig, but Tera, when you talk about it in Tera, Tera is the blueprint. So if you can discuss it on the level of a blueprint, you can then bring it down into action. That's how you build a building. That's his talk about Isa, Bora Alma, Kayim Alma. That's through Tera. So let's talk a bit about that. And as I mentioned last week, this is, even though it's in Chsidis, you know, usually you learn Chsidis, you learn about Ere and Sof, about Simtum, about Mamalaklam, uh, Sevaklam, and all the different Sugis. And we don't really always notice some of the Nyanim that are being spoken there that actually were Nyanim Diyemi, even about what was going on in world events. So, um, so it's more Baremas. But for example, if any of you want to look a little de- look deeper, you know, like the Inshari Tshuva, there's a whole mimer there from the Ramitla Rebbe. He talks about Yishmol and, uh, and Yitzchak, which is going to be the mocker of some of the things I'll say here. But it's a whole lot of gedela. As I said, the Taylor is never disconnected from the events of the world. So I'm sure they all have certain bidur going on on that uh, deeper level. So with that said, so let's talk about that. Something will start. Everything's Ashgacha Pratis. And again, I don't want to under, 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 under um, uh, minimize the events going on at Yisrael, Pasha Begashmis, because right now they need Artfilis, and we're dealing with a real enemy, even worse than that. So this is not meant to, but I didn't feel giving a sheer now and start talking about some sugya in Chassidus without addressing the issues was appropriate. So it just goes hand in hand. Uh, in a letter from the Friedrich Rebbe, he writes, I think I mentioned it in, in Yudalad, Yudalad Ir, Tov Shin Ches. So we're talking about during the first uh, Melchama, the Independence War, what's called. Melchama Sashichrur, 1948. So the Friedrich Rebbe has a whole letter in Nigris Kedish. It's called, it's dated Yudalad Ir, Tov Shin Ches, where he speaks about very strong about how we have to participate and do everything possible. Heim Begeshem, Veheim Beruach. And he talks about the Ruach. <coughs> so let's consider this part of the Ruach that we're doing. Okay. Wasn't there against Zionism in the early days? Tavshin Ches? I'm talking about Tavshin Ches. What are you asking? By that time, Rani was. That was the war, then. You're talking about the letters against Zionism? Is that what you were? Saying like the war of independence. Like the ultimate Zionist project. It was a war of Eden, Koach Nefesh. I mean, it's like saying Eretz Yisrael is the ultimate Zion. Yes, Zion. Who is Zion? Zion, we say it every day in Davening. Nobody ever changed that. You're talking about, you're talking about a political, secular Zionist movement. But we, 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 us Zion goes back 4,000 years almost. So I'm not sure why we, why is it relevant here? Bottom line is, Eid uh, is in the massive of uh, Sarkana because he's a Jew. This is not a fight over political parties here. This is a fight of life and death. Okay. And um, so, so, that we're in the weeks this week, in the parshas that talk mamish about the roots of where all this began. And I'm not talking Baramas even, but Fedish mamish. So, Pasha Lechlecha, Pasha Lechlech, the Yisod, Avram Avinu is the first time he goes to Eretz Yisrael. From Ur-Kazdim, he makes his way, 
beginning of the Pasha, at that point it's still called Eretz Hashem, I will show you which land. But it ends up being Eretz Yisrael. And then he starts traveling around Eretz Yisrael. You have Mamish documented that he traveled the places right now where Eretz Yisrael is Begashmis. We're talking now 3,000, you know, Avram was born, I think, in 19, in the year from, from creation, 1948, I think, yeah. Something like that, 1956, I don't remember exactly. 48, 48 yeah. 1,948, huh? Okay, there you go. And uh, he's walking through the land, and Nebuchadnezzar the tells him, this is the land I will give you and your children. Well, this is why we call it the promised land. So right there you have immediately, promised to whom? To, to Avram, and then Yitzchak and Yaakov, and then to all Zarach, Zarachim, and their children, which is us. So then, and then it continues. At the end of the chapter, we're going to learn about the birth of Yishmael, and the birth of Yitzchak. <clears throat> or oh, the promise, not yet, the birth of Yitzchak, that will be the next Pasha, but, but the birth, uh, yeah. So you have all the, 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 if you want, the characters that are really the roots and the ancestors of everything going on in that part of the world. But what I want to touch upon is maybe the most mysterious part, and I don't know if you ever studied it properly with all the Mepharshim and all this, but it's the Brisbane Absodim. So just I'll read a few psukim, and I'll explain it first to Medrashim and then Apichsidis. These psukim carry so much because the Ebrister is really laying out everything that's going to happen in the future. But so we have like this. So, so that it says the Ebrister came, <laughs> So Mogim immediately means a shield. Right there, it's a, a military word. I'll protect you, basically. And then Avram, however, asks the Ebrister, which, by the way, is like Osarems to Damasek, who Damasek Eliezer. And then Avram says, How will all these promises you're telling me happen if I don't have children? That's what he basically says. So the Ebrister then says, he takes him outside. Look up to the heavens. The heaven. So now you have the promise, not just Avram, that I'm telling you, like you see the stars in heaven, so will be your children. Which means both in number, but most importantly spread all over. And now today we know this promise was fulfilled. Then it was just a haftacha, a promise. So, okay. So then it continues that that Hemon Hashem, Avram believed in Hashem because he needed a muna. You know, you can imagine, Avram didn't even have a child yet. So you need a shtikla muna to if someone tells you he's already close to whatever, when he was, when the Bishman absurd him, 90 years old, maybe already 100 years old. And, um, and someone, t- and the Ebrister tells me, not only are going to have a child, you're going to have generations. So you need a Munah. Today, you don't need a Munah. I often talk about this, and people are pr- quite amazed, because the fact is, here's a promise made almost 4,000 years ago, and it was a Mekuyim. Everyone sitting in this room, every Eid on earth, is the fulfillment of this, uh, of this Havtocha. Okay. Then comes... But Yavda, Munah. Huh? But Yavda, 
No, I'm saying dirt and amal, there was no, uh, you could say, but today, I mean, you always need a muna, but today you also have tangible uh, reality. A promise was pale fulfilled. It only helps for those uh, that have a shyness. Okay. So then Avram asked, How will I know this? You know, demonstrate it to me. And this then comes the Brisbane Absod. The Abishta tells him to bring an egg, a mishulashas, and an ayes, and an ayel. I'm going to go to all the details. That was the way you make a bris, benapsarim. You walk through these benapsarim between the two uh, pieces, and that becomes the covenant. But here comes, so he talks about vultures, you know, birds of prey, they call them. Um, but, but, but it says that Avram chased them away. You know, what, what is the remus for that? We'll get back to that. And then it goes like this. This is the main psukim that I want to talk about. It's like in very detail was being described the whole scene. The sun sets. And Avram fell into a deep sleep. How we translate? Great dread, frightening darkness and dread fell upon him. And then the Ebrister tells him, you know, First of all, the word double is like he's informing Avram of, you know, like a, the picture of what's going to come. That's what Avram is getting a vision of. He, and he says, And then finally we'll be in Achrikein. I'm just uh, going around, moving. I'm not going to quote every word here. And then Achrikein Yetzu B'Rechush Godl. Then he continues on. After this, um, there's one more pasuk I want to talk about. The next possible he says, Vahia Shemesh Ba. So there again he's talking about the sun setting. It was dark. A smoking furnace and a fiery torch passed through these parts. Meaning and that became and then he says, "Be'yemahu kodesh akosh baruch asavron bris leim lezarecha nesati esaoretz azeis minar mitzrayim adanar hagodul nahar pros." So there you have it. Then he goes on, "Kneini beknizi bekadmeini." So first of all, just learning these pesukim is it's already kela esig b'teiras ha'elus, so to speak, because we're learning the teira. This is exactly what the teira said. So the Eberster wanted it, and exactly how he spelled it out. And just this alone is enough arsenal to, 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 to debate, or not debate, to make the case for who it belongs to. But I want to talk about what is this whole emphasis? What's happened? What, what, what means he fell asleep at night and then he was afraid, a shudder, or what we call dread, or frightening, and then again, this dark furnace. What is all this talking about? Smoking furnace, fiery torch. What does it even mean? Why is Avram scared, Bechal? The Abish is promising good things. So what's all this pachat here? So the medrash obviously stops on this. I'm saying, what does Rashi say? Does Rashi say anything about this? Yeah. So Rashi does say, what does he say? That this is, uh, 
that the great frightening darkness is talking about the hardships and the darkness of all the Goliaths that the Eden will go through. Now Rashi is taking this from Medrash. What does the Medrash say in detail? So obviously Mitzrayim is very clearly spelled out. Golos Mitzrayim. That's Befeirish, the 400 years. But what are the other things? So the Medrash says, and that's Mokar of Rashi, that the Ebesh showed Avram Avinu all the Goliaths till the end of time. Golos Mitzrayim obviously is Befeirish, but there's more Goliaths. There's four Goliaths. There's Golos Bovel, there's Golos um, Yovan, uh, Poros Modai, Yovan, and there's Golos Edem, and many Mepharshim, especially the Mepharshim like the Ebenezer and those that lived in the, the Arab Muslim countries, they talk about Golos Yishmol, Barbanel and others. So this is in Daniel also, when you talk about Daniel's vision when he saw the, that, uh, the, the, that body made out of Necheshes uh, and, and, and clay and all that, there too, the Mepharshim, so to speak, the Ashkenazim Mepharshim, Taichel on the four Goliaths I just mentioned, but the, the Svadish Mepharshim Taichel also on Golos Ishmael. In Chesidus, when it talks about it, I mentioned last year, last week, the Maimon from Tov Shintes, Tov Samaches, and more Maimorim, it talks that the last generations will be, the last Golos will be Golos Edem and Yishmael. The other Goliaths we went through already. Baish tradition was destroyed by the Bovel. By Sheni, by Eden, but in between there was Poras, Moda, Yovan, and so on. Okay, so that's when so when Avram saw these Goliaths, you can imagine it wasn't exactly pleasant because he saw the Tzaras that Eden would suffer. That's the Charod, that's what the Pasuk is saying that Tadei Menofla al Avram v'hine Eim Achashech G'delin Nefelos Alav. He saw what we're seeing now. He saw the Holocaust. He saw all the pogroms, he saw all that. I don't know the detail, but he saw enough to frighten him. So while Abish is telling him also the promise that your children will be like the and this land will belong to you, he's also showing him what we would have to go through. So as a good father, you could imagine what kind of tzad and what kind of difficulty. And the method goes into detail that every word that I just read, including the words... Um, uh, uh, he says, Tanud, Oshon, Velapid, Eish, those four Lashenis are those four Goliaths. And as I said, the fourth Goliath, sometimes defined as a fifth Goliath, is Shmol. Okay, that's the Medrash. And it's not just one Medrash. If you look, for example, the Barbanel, <coughs> actually, in his Farim Yeshua, he has a Pirush on Daniel, he has Yeshua's Malki, he has a bunch of Sfarim he talks about. There you see he elaborates, as well as other Mufarshim on these psukim, and they explained how that laid out. Because remember, they were going through their own tzaddas in the time. Abba Benel was living in the Svadish Medinas, and they were dealing with Muslim, Muslim rule. There were those living in the Christian countries, and everybody was being persecuted, one way or another. Interestingly, the Svadim, the, meaning those that lived under the Golis Yishmol, was always easier than Golis Edem, meaning the Christians. The Christians were always harsher. It changed recently. But um, that was the way it was over the, all the datas. Just agav. So what you see here is these psukim are talking about our times as well as the whole history. But at the end of the day, the end of the day, obviously the story is a good story at the end, uh, that Eden uh, will ultimately prevail and Mashiach will come, as uh, they all, as the Medrash says and all of them say. I mentioned last week that Rebbe's note to Rabbi Greenglass 
and the the tzeichening to um, the, the my modern, I'm sorry the zayar sef pasha ve'era and my and zayar ba'balak and other madrashim amar chazal. So there also you see the picture. So if you want to know like the inside story, what's the big picture going on? Is that what we're dealing with today is part of a bigger story. I want to make this very important disclaimer. This is not a prediction that Asim Chesteta, Tavshin, Peidalad, there'd be a massacre of men, women, and children like there was. It's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the general state of this relative state of affairs in that part of the world. Like what really does Yishmol want? What did the Bnei Yishmol want? Now, also qualifying Bnei Yishmol doesn't mean they're exactly rooted. You know, some say that these Palestinians are actually come from a different part of the world, whatever. I'm not getting now into the genealogy. But the point being, that area is definitely um, connected to the Bnei Yishmol. Eden, of course, Bnei Yitzchak and Bnei Avram, Bnei Avram Yitzchak Yankiv. And then there's Esav, which comes into the picture in the next parashas. And Esav, we know his grandchild would be Magdil, and the Pasha of Yishlach, Magdil Zuremi, Rashi says. Remi is Rome. So basically, the Roman Christian Western world is coming from Esav. So if you think of history, you'll see that these three forces, Yishmol, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, and Esav, really represent the three major religions, what we call today and the three major empires. And it's not just uh, uh, hinted to. We all know the Medrash, famous Medrash and Gemara, that by Matan Teda, what does it say? Before the Ebishter came to the Machzina, the Cholomu, but it says Befeirish, that the Ebishter approached two, the Bnei Yishmol and the Bnei Esav, they want the Teda. Why Dafka them? Those two. Why not the other nations? So some say he approached also the other nations, um, but what Befeirish says, those two. So many places it says, because those two are the two main umes, and other umes are so-called subcategories. But why those two? Because those are the two are the children of Avram. Yishmael is the son of Avram. Esau is the son of uh, Yitzchak. So who is the Abraham going to go to? People who had their fathers, at least. Well, in the case of Esau, both his father and mother was, uh, was tzaddikim. In, in Yishmael's case, his father is Avram. So... So, so the Abish is presenting them the Taylor. Now, of course, they reject it. Why do they reject it? Because they say, they want to see what it says. This was said, Leisirzach, Leisinaf, Leisignev, different Tuschayas, uh, what exactly they didn't like. But they couldn't accept it because they couldn't accept these rules. So then the Abish went to the Eden and gave them the Taylor, asked them. They said, Nasav and Ishma, that's the story. So the big question is asked, what the Abish didn't know, that they're going to say no. Why do you go to them in the first place? And more importantly, and let's say they had said yes, then what happens? What happens with Eden? We just suffered 210 years in a Golas Shen Kameyu, and we had all the promises of Avron Yitzhak Yankiv, and let's say those nations say yes, give us the Taylor, what would happen to us? What would happen to the Eden? So, so everybody talks about that. And there's all kinds of beauty. The beauty that uh, I'm going to quote here is from the Semach Tzedek, and Eda Taylor, Pasha Barachim. And he says, based on a Zehar, he brings different explanations that the Zayar says, interesting, the Ebrister was preparing them. Yes, he knew they'd say no. But asking them itself was already a birur because he wanted them to prepare themselves because one day would be Oz Epech El Am himself a bruder. That one day they will accept the Taylor, meaning the Shev Mitzvah Bnei Neach. The Zayar says that. 
So one way to prepare them is by asking them, okay, you're not ready yet, the day will come. And you could also connect it to a famous Rambam. We all know the Rambam that was cut out by the censors in the Pedikir Aleph and Hilchas Melachim. What does he say there? After he brings about Yishma, about, uh, about uh, Yoshka, about uh, Christianity and then about Islam, he says, no matter what their distortions are, but since everything is Medeus Hashem, we don't know God's mysterious ways, I'm paraphrasing, that both they brought the belief in Mashiach and also in Agdus to all over the world. This is like a pretty radical statement. And I always wondered what the Mokr of the Rambam was. It doesn't say anywhere a Mokr. You know, usually the Rambam has a Mokr somewhere, a Medrash, a Gemara. I don't know, maybe in the Maftechus and the Rambam they brought some, I'm not sure. Um, but you could say that the Mokr of the Rambam is somewhat the Zayar, maybe, according to this beer, because at the end of the day, despite we're not talking about, obviously, if we have Tera, but they did bring, they took from a pagan world, first the Christians. It was a pagan, and even though now it's get the Shittuf, whatever you want to call it, but still, they brought the principles of Tera, many of the principles, into Christianity and brought it to millions, if not billions of people. There are 2.3 billion Christians in the world. And the Muslims is 1.8 billion in the world. So the principles, that's what the Rambam is saying, In other words, Eden, obviously, we have our own track going back all the way to Sinai. But the Goyesha world slowly would be Nizbarer, it would take time. And when the Rebbe started speaking very aggressively, very strongly in Tov Mem, especially, and on, about the mitzvah of the Rambam, Seif Peter Ches and Hilchus Molochim. That's a mitzvah, not just the Tayag mitzvahs, but to also Lokuf, to inspire, to influence. And not just that, but that was given at Matan Tere. Interesting. He's not just telling them, you know, and all the different things. But that was given at Matan Tere, because by Matan Tere, they're able to offer the Tere also to them. Meaning, Matan Tere is for the whole world. Yes, through Eden, to teach it through Eden, but it's from Matan Tera. So you see, when you look at it all, the story of Bnei Yishmol and Bnei Esav goes through all of history. It starts within this week's Pasha, but then Matan Tera, a reappearance of Bnei Yishmol and Bnei Esav, and then with the Rambam, and, and actually, how, much, how, many, how much time later was Churm Bayesheni from Matan Tera? Was it around uh, 1,000 years, approximately? Then came Islam in the 6th century, 7th century. And if you think of it in historical terms, you see all the pieces. So it's not a surprise anyone that learns this in the Psukim, in Mamur Chazal, especially the way I've just described it. So everything's set up for major confrontations. So let's talk about that a bit more. So the, so the Arizal says, the Arizal says, the Arizal says, that by, uh, by that Mitzrayim is not counted among the Dalad Goliaths. Because Mitzrayim. We're middle of a class. Put his hands on me. We're middle of a class. Back away. Back away. We're going to hit you. You're like trying. Come on, man. You won't allow that to happen, you guys? He's a regular. Uh, continue? Yeah, just a second. Okay. So the Rizal says, because like from the Pesukim here, you see Mitzrayim is spelled out. The others are more Baremas. 
Because Mitzrayim is Reish Kol HaGolius, that's what it says in Medrash. Al-Shem Shem Mitzirim L'Yisrael. Kol HaGolius Nekroyis Al-Shem Mitzrayim. Because Mitzrayim, in the language of Chassidus, is Keser of Klippa. And the uh, other four, Bovel, Parashamada, Yovan. And then ultimately, um, talked about Eden. And Yishmol, why don't you close the door? Tell them to close the door. Just close the door there if you don't mind. You don't have to leave the door open. Close the door. Okay. Because the others, Keset, and the others either are Chochma or Bina, there's different ways to explain it. That's on the gay in your name. But let's now talk about, so what do we have here? What's the picture? Why, so why Taka was Avram shown this? Just to show him? To show him how bad it's going to be and then ultimately be the Gula? The answer is no. He was showing Avram and it was placed in the Tater for us to know this. First of all, to know what's coming. But most importantly, in the language of Arizal, in the language of the Mamorim I quoted from Tav Shintes, Tav Reisamaches, Tav Reis is that our Indian is Biru Ra'umis. Like I mentioned from the Ram of Shev, Mrs. Breneach. When you know that the reason we're sent to each Golos. So it's talking about Pnei Chateinu, Galinu Ma'atzeinu. But there's also an expression that says, the Chazal says, Doka Osa Kodesh Baruch Hu, the Yisrael, Shepizren, Lubeinu Umis. Tzedakah. God did a tzedakah to the Eden that he spread them among the nations. So the question is, what kind of tzedakah is that? It's an enish. It's a mepnei chateinu galinim arzeinu. So Chassidus explains, it's a tzedakah because now we have the ability to go be mevarer, peina umes, all the nitzut zikdusha that were spread all over the world. Mamata lamayla. So basically, basically Hashem is telling Avram, tell your children. And it's being put into the teda, so we learn it every year, lechacham. Tell your children that in the future they're going to be all over the world. But they're not, they're not just to hurt them, but because their job is to be mavara the umaseilam. There'll be times it'll be very difficult because umaseilam will be persecuting them. But even when they're under persecution, that's still their work. So, in a way, it was actually an empowering statement. It was like preparing the Eden that you have the kaychas. And there's a reason that you're in Golos. And there's a reason, not just as a negative, as a positive. And then when you finish the job of refining each part of the world, where you will be, ultimately, Echad Mechem, Golos, the Samatya, and all the different Lashenas, then you will ultimately, both the Rechush Godel from Mitzrayim, and the Rechush Godel that will come from all these Nitzus Gdusha that we elevated in each Golos. So it's essentially laying out the future. And if you really look into it, and I did, I did a lot of research on this actually 22 years ago, after 9-11, because then there was an interest by so many people to know what exactly is going on. You know, it was the first time America felt what Israel feels, an attack on their homeland from, uh, from terrorists. And nobody really understood what do they want. You know, when you attack someone, you usually want something. You want land, you want the money, you want resources, you want revenge. What do they want? And I can tell you right now, most Americans have no clue. Their narrative, which is a Shekhar Gomor, is they want, they say the Jews took away their land. 
they want. So according to basically the real answer is they want. That's the Muhammad between like Esav and Yaakov. What does Esav want? He wants control. Yishmael wants control. They want to control. They feel that God wants them to control the world, and especially Israel, the Holy Land. So Eretz Yisrael, as, the, as we learn later, Zeshara Shamayim, it's a bridge between heaven and earth, Yaakov Avinu says, everybody wants that bridge, everybody wants the portal that connects heaven and earth. The Klippa wants it, and the Gdusha wants it. The Alter Rebbe brings in Tanya, the Posek Lum Lum Yemots, there it's about Esav and Yaakov. That is the Nefesh Shalikis and Nefesh Shabamis in each one of us, a Mochoma and the Irktan Zahaguf. That's in, in the Elam Cotton. What about an Elam Gadl? It's a Mochoma over the world. Who's going to control? <coughs> the goal is that uh, Kedusha should control. But the goal is not to destroy the negative. The goal is to transform. Like I said, Birar Umis. So this is a Yesod Ikri. That wherever Eden were, Alter Rebbe talks about it in Tereir and Mishpatim. Why when we learn Tereir, Shas is Loshen Aramis. Why is it not in Loshen Kedush? So he says, because part of Bir Umis is Bir Halashenus. We speak in the language of the time. You know? So when we speak now in English or in other languages, it's part of the Bir of the Umis. Now obviously everything, even Ozel Akarta, Holoch Ben Musa, you come to a city, you follow its customs as long as it's Api we don't dress necessarily in the garments that Moshe Rabbeinu dressed. We dress not sinizdikawe, but we do dress in Western clothing. I mean, there's a different discussions, different communities, leishinus, levusham, but point being is that we do engage in the business of this world and we transform it. That's the whole purpose of why Eden are here, the Ayin comes down lamata. So the point being is that Avram was being told and we're being told, this is the story, my friends, there will be many generations to come, and there are going to be battles fought and difficult ones. Always know that it's a birud. That was what kept Eden going, even the harshest times. They knew there was some kavon el here, as difficult as it was. You know, when the Alter Rebbe chose to, uh, to, uh, to, to the side of Alexander of Russia over France, you think because Alexander was such a tzaddik, he was a Russian marush. That said, Yehudim is anti-Semite in every possible way. But the Alter Rebbe knew that in some sense, that Golis is easy, it would be easier, Beruchni is for Eden, than the Golis of Napoleon that would promise a lot of physical comforts. So it was always about Birur. That was always the inner story. Not, I'm not going to say every, every, every man, woman, and child knew it, but the Gdalim definitely knew it. And when you look at them first, from again, I'm talking a lot, we look at the Barbanel especially, and others, that talk especially Mepharshim and Daniel, they all talk about this. They all talk about how all that's going on in their lives. Abraham Benel is fascinating, because in his life there was a battles going on between the Christians and the Muslims who's going to control that whole part of the world. Remember, the Christians controlled Europe, and then came the, the, what they call the Moors, the Muslims. Once Muhammad came into power, they started conquering, and they conquered part of that world. The Ottoman Empire essentially is rooted in the Middle East. The Christians are rooted in Rome and in Europe. So they fought battles big time. Eden were always the Carbonas because they both uh, fought the Eden. So it was always, we were always stuck somewhere there. But all these things that are happening through the generations, so the, the Eden had a Hashkofa all based on these Psukim and based on the Mamor Chazal, that the, the, what's, the real story is Birr HaOmis. We're talking about refining the world. So when you really get down to it,
I mentioned Esav and, and Yaakov. That's what many people talk about. But Yishmol and Yitzchak is a similar parsha. What was you don't even when you read the psukim, what was the what was going on with Yishmol and Yitzchak? You know, Esav and Yaakov we know clearly. You know, it was first of all already in, the, in Rivka's pregnancy, Lumelum Yemots, and then Yaakov to, bought the birthright and then told the brachas. But what was the confrontation between Yishmol and Yitzchak? So you have Ramazim, you have that Yitzchak that the Sarah saw that he was, he was corrupting him. But what exactly in Hashkafa, what was, the, was Yishmael and Yitzchak? So we know, and this is like, this is the deeper story. Both were children of Avram Avinu. That's clear. And so Yishmael as well. <coughs> Avram is chesed. So it says in Chesidus that Avram yotzim emenu Yishmael, Yitzchak yotzim emenu Esav. And it's only Yaakov who is mitoshe shlema, and all the shvatim are all complete and tzaddik. Why? For, how could from a, a tzaddik, a neshama datzilus, oves heinen markove, how could from that, from Avram, come out of Yishmol? Pera Odom, Yodebakel, Viyad Kolbei, to the point that Sarah says she has to be banished and sent away. So the answer is given because even though Avram was obviously a, a chesed datzilus, but chesed alone, without the measure of gvura and balance, yotzim emenu can be having yonika sachetzenu. Not chazru shalom Avram himself, but yotzim emenu, so as yotzim emenu came out of him. Because chesed, without discipline, can lead to yonika sachetzenu, like the Alter Rebbe brings in Kateti in Geras HaKedosh Beis, chesed yushmol, chesed lumazeh, chesed without hagbalas. What's wrong with chesed? It's love. But what does water do to a field if it doesn't have if it doesn't have limits? It'll flood the field. You can kill someone with chesed too. Look at Yishmael's name, Yishmakel. That's a very good name, right? The God will listen, says the Medrash, that Yishma's is and Osid. Why Yishmakel? Because the name of Yishmael is referring to the fillers that Eden will say when they'll see the achlis hayomim, the tzaras that Yishmael will do. So his own name is like so-called shivri b'tzidei, menei be'aba, lizde be'narga, that Yishmael's name actually is like artikun and all that Yishmael would do. What would he do? So for example, you know, the Muslims, they pray five times a day. And uh, some say, I don't know if it's a joke or it's serious, that when Muhammad came to town, and he saw the Jews, he walked in the Shul Yom Kippur, and he saw five tefillahs. And he saw Kedim, he said they keep bowing. So he instituted in Islam that they bow all the time, and they have five tefillahs. I don't know if it's correct or not correct. But, what is the, but what, what's going on here? So they do say, it says this in Sfarim, that by Yishmol there's a lot of tefillah because Yishma Kel. Because after they were sent away from Avram's house, they, they prayed, and the Malach listened. So there's an Indian of tefillah there. I'm not looking from Limut Schus now on, uh, on, uh, on the Arabs, Muslims. But Apitele, you have to understand, they are children of Avram. But as we all know, always begins on a small level. Like the Friedrich Rebbe says, no one gets lost in the woods overnight. You make a little twist, and then who knows what happens. When chesed is not controlled, and it's not disciplined, Ultimately, it can create the worst possible things. What is kanois? Kanois. Someone's a kanoi. 
What's wrong with Kanos? I'm not talking about exceptions, Pinchas, or what Tata says, or what Abister says. What's wrong with the Kanos? The same problem with Leisesu Vileisigra. You can say, okay, Leisigra, we're not allowed to do less mitzvahs. But what's the problem? Someone wants to add another mitzvah to Tayyag mitzvahs. The answer is, don't become a partner with Hashem. Today you're a partner by adding a mitzvah because you're becoming frumer than God. And tomorrow you're a partner by just, just subtracting a mitzvah. So too much of something is always a, a, not a healthy sign. It says, What does that mean? It means very aggressive. It means there's no boundaries. Everything is mine. I remember, and I know time is limited, so I'll just say this and then I'll continue next week, hopefully. I remember when 9-11 happened. It's 20, uh, as I said, 22 years ago. It was 9 o'clock in the morning. I was walking to my office, which was on top of 770. Um, I come around 9, and I see someone says, something happened in Manhattan. Go up to the roof. So we went up to the rooftop. Yeah, and I see both buildings had already been uh, struck. We had, it was both smoking. They were both standing still. And it was like a shock to see. I have no clue what, what happened. Someone said a plane went into a plane, what do you, are you crazy? You know, who's trying to plane into a building? Didn't make sense. So my, who do I go to? My father. My father always seemed to know things before they happened. So uh, I call him up. He couldn't get through. The cell phones were all overwhelmed because everybody was making phone calls. My father and I get through. My father didn't even know about it. But as soon as I told him, he said to me, the Muslims, it's terrorists. I said, how do you know? He, I just told you. He says, what else? I mean, he knew, I guess he knew. Then they chased us down from the roof because it was such a panic. No one knew what's happening, another attack. We went down. I remember, so then there was a television on in one of the offices and watching the news. I don't know, naturally, I pushed it, gravitated to Achumish, and I went to Yishmael. The first pasuk I saw, Pera Adam, Yodebekel, Viyat Kolbe. And I saw, wow, who does such a thing? Only a Pera Adam. You know, it's one thing you're preparing for a war with his cheshman, his strategy, just to blow planes, to shoot planes into a, into a building. is craziness. Even with what we saw on Simchas October 7th, I mean, the Ritzicha, obviously, we were all shocked and horrible. But who does such a thing? Yeah, it, so you could say, is this a son of, uh, of Avram? So obviously, Yishmol was not on that level yet. But the Yenikas HaChetzenim had begun, Yotzim and Yishmol. So when Chesed goes the wrong way, what can happen is, and it's not balanced, there's no discipline, Pera Odom ends up becoming a terrorist. So they say, like they say, not all Muslims are terrorists, but all terrorists are Muslim. Where does it come from? It comes from a Chesed without a Gvura. And I don't want to, I'm not trying to, again, be Melamed I'm just trying to point out, Apichsidis, that sometimes something can be very passionate. Yishmol was a son of Avram. And he learned things from him. I'm sure he learned positive things. And he's also Nimel. Like we learn in this week's parish and so on. So, but the root of it starts from there. Now, because of time, I don't have that. I just want to say one. I don't want to end with that line. I want to say, this is not meant just to give us an analysis. It's also meant, what's the tikkun? The tikkun ultimately is that we have to understand what's going on. I have people, I have Muslims that I know. The people writing to me as we speak right now, because I have on YouTube a lot of videos, and people write. There's hate mail, obviously, always, but there are people. I've, I've just saw yesterday, my office gave me a collection of a bunch of people who call themselves Muslim Palestinians. They say, I don't, they don't agree with everything I say, but there's a lot of good points. And I'm saying it because I want to educate. 
I know many people you can't speak to. They're just not shaykh. But there are people that are intelligent enough and not crazy that they could hear. So it's important for us to understand this is also part of a birur. Part of the birur is to fight a war and destroy every enemy. Absolutely. I'm not talking here we're going to sit down and long sit this with the terrorists. That's not the goal. You, know, you destroy evil. But at the same time, there are plenty of people in America as well, on campuses and so on, that need push and education. That's my real kavan. But because of time, I'll, we'll see this as part one of this, and I'll do part two next week. We should only have Surah Tevis. Our Asik and Tera of this alone should do the Tikkun, and should already have Sati Shalom Ba'oretz. Le'yarev le'yashchisu. Mola Ares Deus Hashem Kamayim Le'yom Mechasim. Okay.